Hey, Nabil. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for uh, agreeing to this interview. <laughs> um, you know, I, I just can't resist a phone call or a, a FaceTime with you, Jenny. It's always fun. I still remember many years ago when we met in a coffee shop. Um, and back then, you were just a super enthusiastic dentist student. And that enthusiasm hasn't left you. That passion for, um, you know, what immersion technologies can do for future of dentistry is always there. Um, so I want to dial the clock back a little bit and then just, you know, explore what your journey was uh, on digital dentistry side, you know, from school and now you're practicing dentists and now, you know, doing a variety of organizational activities. Sure. Shoot whatever questions you have my way. So, well, first of all, how did you decide to become a dentist? Great question. You know, I, I come from a family of healthcare professionals, um, five, five uncles that are um, my dad and four uncles that are physicians. And I, um, I grew up with them, you know, just as a child listening to their pre-op phone calls or post-op phone calls, you know, uh, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a profession that you don't leave at work that you take home with you and it becomes part of the family culture. So I was always drawn to that patient-doctor relationship. And as a child, I was also a tinkerer. So I would sail, I would sew, and I wanted something very uh, kinesthetic and hands-on. And when I kind of put that together, um, you know, I, it just became apparent that I think dentistry would be a good fit for me. I also remember, I think it was during your wedding, I actually heard the story about you being an entrepreneur. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, I, I think I had early entrepreneurial instincts. I used to, you know, when uh, every time when you're in school, certain things become fads. So when yo-yos became a fad, I supplied the entire school with yo-yos. Um, I, I, I had a bicycle that a few kids liked, so I would actually rent out my bicycle and run behind them home. Uh, so... I know. I think, I think your brother told that story, actually. I, mean, I still remember some of it. That's, um, I think it kind of reflects on, on what you do today. Um, and I want to hear the journey, how you, you know, become, you know, just a dental student, how you were exploring outside of whatever school is providing you. And now you're continuing that exploration on, on, on the journey of digital dentistry, because there's so much. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I've, I've always cared about and always intrigued about emerging technologies. My undergrad was actually a self-design major called science and conscience. So it was the study of the sciences and then the study of the study of sciences. So um, it was science from, a, from, a, from like a physical perspective and then science from a social science perspective. I was always curious in terms of when you have an advancement in society, how does that ripple across society and change society. So that was the, my core focus as my undergrad. And it was roughly around that time when I graduated from, uh, from college, 2011, 2000, that sort of era was when we started to have that emergence of all open source software and um, uh, in, in 3D printing. And I, I, I was reading about this and I was like, whoa, like this is big. Like if, if you don't see the writing on the wall, like, we're missing it completely. And then I started in dental school and, and, and part of schooling in general, you know, whether whatever discipline you're in, you go to school often to learn the history of your field. Yeah. Right. Because that's the base. 
So I remember, you know, in dentistry, we have to carve things. You know, you have to carve a tooth and wax. And I'm like, why don't we just have it designed? And then I don't have to carve it. Um, why are we doing all these, you know, um, injection, um, almost like a type of injection mold to make dentures? Why are we doing lost wax techniques? All these techniques when we could just design it and make it. And it'd be easier, faster, and better. It wouldn't require so many manual hours. So I would go around my dental school and tell, ask, ask, do we have anyone 3D printing? Anyone, you know, can I learn CAD CAM? Is, this, is, this is part of it. And, you know, the answers were like, yeah, it'll be the future. You know, it's just not now. And I'm like, but it's going to happen. Can't you see what's happening? So then I'd go around to hackerspaces in the Mission District in SF. Uh, around San Francisco, you know, and, and everyone was like tinkering here or there, but there wasn't any true instruction. And then that's when a good friend of mine, uh, Ahmed Rahim, uh, came across 3D Heels as, you know, an emerging community in San Francisco at the time. It was like, Nabil, you need to go to that group. I think, I think that group has, you know, um, can help you out here. And, you know, that's how I found 3D Heels. And, and, and honestly, you know, as, as a dental student, I think I was maybe a second year dental student at the time. And, um, you know, I, I think that what 3D Heels did for me was, I mean, essentially it connected me to you, Jenny, and you sort of epitomize that movement of someone who believes in like decentralized personal medicine that people can actually get. And um, so I think that right from that values perspective of, you know, where you hope medicine can be and where technology can push medicine in general. I think that's just so powerful and it's something that has sort of helped guide my thoughts in my journey. Whew. Um, Thank you. Well, you know, actually, believe it or not, I, I, I wish I, when I met you, I wish I was in your shoes because when I was in medical school, you know, I'm a very goal-oriented person. I, all I want is to finish the projects, finish the school, score high, you know, finish the tasks that were given and, and really miss the opportunity to look outside, to explore what, uh, what else alternative solutions there are for medicine. Um, so I wish I was in your shoes. And the other thing I realized, you know, back then and until this day is you're a super human person. Like you're very people friendly. Your communication skills is above and beyond. And because of this, you met a lot of innovators and cool people in digital dentistry. Um, and, and I mean, the reason we have such a, a robust dental panel for 3D Heels 2020 is very much because many, because of your, your connections. You wanna share some of your uh, cool journey of how you meet these very awesome people? Well, I, I mean, I, I think like, I just feel so blessed. Um, you know, I, I feel blessed that we have the opportunity to, um, <laughs> to basically we have freedom of thought to say, you know, this is one I want to do. And then we have the communication skills and abilities to reach out to people. It, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, you know, I, um, I feel grateful to 3D Heals because 3D Heals focus on broader healthcare printing and the ability to meet people in, you know, on the orthopedic surgeons that are doing 3D printing, radiologists and so, prosthetists. And then personally within our discipline of dentistry, uh, you know, some incredible work going on and people dedicating a lot of time and effort to, to unpackage this technology. So, you know, essentially, uh, 
you know, just reaching out to folks, you know, uh, asking questions about their work, trying to learn more. Um, you know, I, um, I'm, I'm really excited to have, um, um, you know, a few people on the panel who I've, uh, on this next conference who, you know, I just consider friends of mine for, um, for a number of years now and, and how those relationships emerge. So um, one is Dr. Cohelo from Portugal, who yeah. makes the, um, who basically has the, the, the individualized 3D printed implants for when our, our standard implants today just don't work. And, you know, reached out to him, a warm conversation from the start on social media. Eventually, you know, one day in, in a chat, I told him, you know, uh, you know, Rui, I'm going to come visit you in Portugal. He was like, come. <laughs> so a few months later, you know, I was, um, I was talking with my fiance at the time. And I was like, you know what? I really want to go visit, you know, Rui in Portugal. I just think what he's up to is, is amazing. And um, so she was like, go. So I booked a flight to Portugal. I got an Airbnb on a sailboat. And uh, we spent a couple of days together and I learned so much. And, um, and now I'm glad to be able to take what Rui's doing and bring it into the 3D Heals community. Let our other individuals in the dental, oral surgery community know and let other people in healthcare know because we can all learn from each other. Um, something that I've learned working with 3D Heals is knowledge should not be siloed. We need to know what's happening with the pharmacology 3D printers so we have an idea of what's possible. Um, you know, the orthopedic surgeons advise us, everyone, you need, you have to create a community that everyone can learn from. And um, because knowledge, you know, you know, um, I was once at a conference and they said, you know, the mind is like a parachute, you have to keep it open. And the, 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 the larger our minds are, the more air, you know, we'll capture uh, on our journey to where we need to go. Oh, totally. I totally agree. I mean, in a way, our passion for, you know, the future of healthcare using 3D printing, uh, make the world smaller. You know, all these people who speak different languages, either from Portugal, Brazil, yeah. America, um, you know, Asia. I mean, we're, we now share the same stream of passion and hoping that we can reinvent either dentistry or healthcare in general. Um, and I think one thing that we were working really hard, uh, both, both of us, is trying to push the knowledge into more, more general public and more future generation, like the dental students, et cetera. Um, any thoughts on how we can you know, do a better job educating the next generation uh, of dentists? That's, you know, it's, it's, that's a great question. I think that, you know, and I, I think this is something that we, we both share, if I may say, you know, I think one reason why I like you so much is we're, we're, we're both very similar. We're both dyslexic. So, um, you know, I, I think for, um, you know, I, and so thinking about learning styles and learning opportunities is something that is just a daily part of my life. It's how I learn. And I think that for our next generation, you know, whether we were looking at if COVID never happened or if, um, you know, uh, technologies are moving, you know, the train is moving, you, we just have to decide, you know, as the future happens, where are we going to be? And what do we need people to know? Especially now 
in the middle of this pandemic, the world that we step into is vastly different. And skills are going to need to be different. Some skills are obsolete. Some skills we need to have. And 3D printing, you know, CAD milling, CAD CAM, 3D technologies are, is going to play such a big role in that future. So that's something where I'm actually going to be presenting more questions, I guess, at this time than answers. But I think that whenever we have these times where as a society, we have to pivot, we have to think what skills do we need to know uh, in order to make that pivot happen into the new normal and then um, develop the skills to reach out, to educate. And uh, that's what I hope that the 3D Heals community can pull that knowledge together and we can train, you know, starting with our other, you know, healthcare colleagues in her fields. But then I think another opportunity, as you said, will be reaching actually into, you know, those that are, you know, if, if 3D Heals was at this level now, you know, and I was a first year dental student or first year medical student, right? To give them the basic skills to understand uh, these technologies as they go through their education, light bulbs will be flashing. So by the time that they're done with their formal schooling, um, they'll just have such an amazing base. Uh, network, ideas, skills, uh, when that comes together, that's when I think we'll really see you know, these, these technologies be carried to another level. Yeah, I mean, just like computer science now is in the classroom for K-12 education, mm -hmm. um, it is very possible that CAT CAM skills, 3D printing skills could be part of, you know, a, you know standard, standard curriculum for dental schools and maybe yeah. even medical schools or surgical trainings. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, in this time, sorry to cut you off there, you know, the, as we see in this time that our just-in-time supply chain um, really left us vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I mean, and now we have these efforts to try to, you know, build local production economies uh, fast uh, in order just to get basic items. Um, in that way, I don't think that we will look to these centralized manufacturing and these long supply chains. Oh, let me order something from halfway across the world and I expect it tomorrow. I think we're going to be looking to those systems with a little more skepticism. Yeah. And we're going we're gonna to want to build that local making manufacturing capacity um, just to protect our institutions and our communities. And also using a new technology for alternative solutions, right? You can have both centralized supply chain or decentralized supply chain. Yes. And now with 3D printing, you could actually have that alternative solution. Yes. Yes. Speaking of opportunity to learn, um, we do have an excellent 3D Heals 2020 digital dental panels. You want to, you know, introduce uh, these panels to our audience? The panelists? Let's see here. It's, it, it's, it's so many awesome people. I don't want to, um, um, I don't want to misrepresent or, or just not give everyone their light. Let, let's, um, did you have the, the list of all the panelists and then we can just talk about them? Well, we can just talk about, you know, uh, what are the general topics? Uh, oh, that great. we're going to share with audience. You know, I, something that, you know, since you brought me on board to or help organize the, the global conferences, I've always thought about, you know, what are the most important themes of that time that people need to know? 
So when we, when we had our first conference in 2017, that was when people were looking at the surgical applications of 3D printing and dentistry, how to guide implants, do other types of surgeries. Yeah. And we had, a, we had a rock star panel that year. Uh, the year after, in 2018, we had an amazing panel, panel that was focusing on basically mainly the prosthetics of dentistry. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Rick Jacobs, Michael Scherer, Myra, uh, Valerie, I mean, they were amazing uh, during yeah. that panel. This year is interesting because as I see the landscape of dentistry, we have some amazing 3D printers that have come out um, in the last few years that we did yeah. not have before. Yeah. Um, you and know, more coming out, by the way. More coming out. You know, it, it's, it's not hard for a dental office at this time to get a, a DLP printer, a resin-based printer in their office. This is something like six years ago, you'd say, whoa. Um, you know, our, our materials are pretty amazing. And Rick Jacobs, who was one of our speakers, really played a big role across the industry, getting us the materials, the resins we need for our different applications. Yeah. The... The week, the, the bottleneck that I see right now in the, in the landscape of digital dentistry as it leads um, in these different areas, uh, it's, it's our software. Yeah. Um, our, we're, we're bottlenecked by our software in a few ways. One way, is, one way is the how you operate these softwares. As dentists, we're trained to carve, to sculpt, you know, like little Michelangelo's of teeth. Yeah. Um, we're not trained to click, push, extrude, cut. Um, it's not part of the thinking. And that's where, you know, we can then help dentists in the future. But we need softwares that can almost speak our language of design. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, and, 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 and as we move forward into that, we'll see a much higher adoption rate. Because now, you know, I, I get calls from dentists, you know, quite a few actually saying, you know, I just bought a 3D printer, what do I do? Uh, buying the 3D printer, buying the resin, you know, it's not enough. Um, we, we have to do more on that education side. And yeah. that's where, you know, I'd hope that we can develop programs in the future. But this panelist, these, these panels this year speak directly to that. Yeah. So we have uh, people of different expertises in 3D printing from different areas in dentistry. And they'll be speaking largely to that, that area of uh, how software can power 3D printing. Yeah. Um, what I'm excited about is digital dentistry really is taking, is the front runner of 3D printing in healthcare. I mean, if anything, decentralized, personalized healthcare delivery um, is really manifesting dentistry. It's going to get manifesting dentistry first. Uh, implants, prosthetics, surgical planning, everything is, I mean, it's, it's crazy that now a single dental office can perform all of those, right, using 3D printing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, I, I chuckle because, you know, I, I, I practice personally in California's Central Valley, which is the agricultural heartland of California. So I always find it funny when I'm asked to go to, you know, San Francisco or Santa Clara, like the heartbed of technology, you know, and yeah. so it's this kid from the valley, you know, teaching them on technology and how we're yeah. able to incorporate all of this in our dental office today uh, from our, our, our 3D CVCTs to our optical scans, meshing them you know, yeah. getting precise placements, you know, planning out the processes. And I hope that this becomes more apparent and it, or more standardized and it will need to because in the post-COVID era, the cost to operate our offices is shooting up. 
um, we were already struggling to find a price balance of, 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 dent, of, of healthcare services. And that's something that's dentistry has been struggling with, not just in you know, the last few years, but since the 1990s. Yeah. The cost of dental services since 1990 has, has increased twice that of inflation. So, yeah. we're, uh, so we, need a, we need something to kind of help us correct, and especially in a post-COVID era, where yeah. we have to take our ops, our surgical, you know, our, our dental operatories, our chairs from, you know, um, what I would, you know, what I would say, you know, we'd have to, we all, we have to step them, you know, potentially to negative pressure rooms, have staff wear pappers, you know, N95s, our costs are just going to be increasing. So we need something here that can help our, our fellow clinicians create what they need for patients better and quicker. And I think that's our opportunity right now. Absolutely. I mean, I think there are a lot of players and factors in how eventually 3D printing is going to be scaled out in dentistry. Um, you know, we're not going to be able to answer all the questions in our conference, but I think we have a pretty good variety of people who have, you know, various perspectives that can give yeah. people a list of what is the status right now that we have in digital dentistry, either from software, like you said, which will be a very big emphasis, but also materials yeah. and hardware you can't really go without hardware so yeah it's always evolving you yeah. know i mean there's never we, we never have a conversation it ends it's always an evolving conversation hardware always has to improve right materials always have to improve you know software has to improve um you know i i, I think that you know we're we're right on the cusp of something really amazing yeah um, and it's it's happening and it's really amazing to see it unfold that um, softwares are becoming, um, they, they're, they're getting there. You know, I've, um, I, you know, from what before, you know, these CAD CAM softwares were proprietary softwares that cost a couple of thousands of dollars. Um, when I was a student, I looked at those softwares and I'm like, you know, do I, do I go homeless for a month or do I buy a piece of software, right? I mean, we can't, you couldn't afford it. Yeah. And even as, um, you know, uh, you know, a, a, a a solo practitioner or a small group practice office to pay thousands of dollars for software when you don't know the return and all of this, you know, for some yeah. that are just enthusiasts, sure, yeah. they'll do it to sink the cost to keep themselves entertained or, you know, to, to play with it. But for a true mass market solution, you need something more accessible. So I'm glad to see that there's now um, a movement within the dental community to take softwares like MeshMix or Blender, which are just open engineering softwares and build modules and, and understandings on to teach dentists just how to use these softwares. Yeah. Um, so we don't have that cost hurdle. Uh, it's just more of an expertise hurdle. And I'm looking forward to seeing that develop. One of our speakers, uh, Kevin Yoder is doing some amazing work, working yeah. with Blender and creating modules. And Kevin super, yeah, Kevin um, is a super interesting character. I, <laughs> it's really entertaining, I would say. <laughs> I really like the guy and I can't wait to, for everyone to, to hear him. Um, yeah. You know, and, 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 and Blender is also a software that, that, that Rui, um, with his individualized implants, you know, craniofacial implants, they build their implants in Blender. You know, they built the modules to design these in Blender. Um, I mean, I didn't know that. that's awesome. It, you know, from, so from you can, these softwares can help an individual in a dental office make something as simple as a night guard so people don't grind their teeth, all the way to a 3D printed craniofacial implant. Yeah. So, um, 
So we need to have these conversations, bring the brains together, bring the minds together, ask the questions. And that's what I hope that we'll be doing. Yeah, I mean, I think well, we also just need to inspire people to change the whole thinking process from subtractive to additive. Mm-hmm. We have challenges ahead, but if we're not thinking about how to solve these problems, we're not yeah. ever going to get there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's always fun to talk to you, and Nabil. Like, we can have this kind of conversation all day long. I know that. Uh, but thanks so much for uh, chatting with me and have this interview with me. Um, always. And, and, you know, I still want to ask you about the sailboat Airbnb situation at, at another time. Uh, that sounds like a separate story on its own. Mm-hmm. But thank, thank you, you so Jenny. much for joining me. Say, yeah, and I'll see you 3D Heels 2020. Well, I'll, I'll be there virtually. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>